Yeah, what's up, everybody? We are back. That's right. The same spot that we did. This is a couple weeks ago we were up here. That's right. I'm following you to Toronto, man. <laughs> I, yeah, right? Because I'm usually here in the winter, and... No, this is a good spot. Yeah. This, is, this, this place is awesome in the summertime. You need to be here in the summer. Yeah. That's right. By the way, we should tell people uh, big R2C2 news. We have a date for our Papa Shot tournament now. Oh, yeah. yeah we, we do. do. We right? do. We, we end of July. We, we're going to have to do this. Yeah, and we had to get the 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 uh, the, the rig right, the machine right. Yeah. that shit that you were shooting on. <laughs> Golly, I mean, you don't the, like the mini balls? I don't balls, even think that like, shit keeps scoring, right? Does no, it keep no, scoring? No, it keeps scoring. You have, to, you have to tally it up yourself. No, no. Like, is somebody over Somebody's there tallying like, up shit? <laughs> Somebody's got a pen and pad. Like, <laughs> Ryan made another. Oh, man. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the mini balls, man, the mini balls. That's nah, the, man, the, that's, that's not flying. But I, I'm a little nervous now on like playing on the machine at your house because one you you obviously have a home court advantage it wouldn't matter i mean we we can go to dave and busters it's up to you all right we'll 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 figure we know the date we'll figure out the location i just want you to be comfortable with this ass whooping i don't Uh. want no excuses Like, this is like, you know what I'm saying? It's been a couple years in the making. That's so it. That's it. This it, is coming. I'm actually now a little nervous, though, because I saw how good Carter was. And Carter's, what, eight? <laughs> Carter is good. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, the, the game goes in stages, and then the the, uh, the the rim moves, you know, in the last two stages. He, I mean, him and Jaden the other day, they got 390. What? See, together. Now, if it, it, the Sabathia jeans, man, Yo, that, that makes I me was nervous. Like, yeah, I mean, I had to go in the other. I was on the third. St- I was in the second stage, and I had three hundred two, and then my French bulldog knocked the uh, the 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 uh, cord out. Yes. No. So then I couldn't even. I was. I was. I was going. I was ready for four fifty. What is this like? Rock and jocks? You get six points for a bucket nah, with those Nah, man. Scores? It's just it's sixty seconds. So it you oh. know it's uh it's a lot of time. So if you're good, yeah, then you're gonna have a high oh, score. Oh, that was like a little no, challenge. I'm just saying, I like, like it. okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll find out. And do we do? Are we gonna do a little New York pizza on the way? Yeah, to, yeah. To, I mean, that's that's, that's so we'll do we the double to, dip. Right? Yeah. yeah. So we'll, after the game, we'll do the New York. We gotta pizza. get Dellen to come. Yep, Dellen's gotta come. Uh, Nimer has got to come. For sure. Is Siegel a Papa Shot guy? I don't know. I mean, he, he's going to say he is, even he, if he's not. Yeah, that's so. right. That's right. He did. By the way, he just, on a group chat, sent us a message. He found a Joe Carter golf ball randomly on a golf course. <laughs> like a, a Joe Carter labeled golf ball. He's like, what is this? I just got to show you this. Look at this golf ball that he found. With Joe oh, Carter's logo though. on it. It's yeah. cool, right? It's a cool he logo. He probably lost that ball and just was like, I'll yeah, exactly. drop another one. i that, get another one on my it's back. It's a good golf ball to have. Anyway, today we have on uh, one of my good friends I get to broadcast with, a man who was a multi-time All-Star as a player, is a terrific broadcaster. I know he's someone you like interacting Somebody with. Somebody I look up to, yeah, and interact with. And we have a lot of people in common that we are close to. That's right. Know? So we are... Super excited to have Ken Singleton enjoy our conversation with him here on R2C2. I think Ken already has mastered the the craft that you want to master when you're done playing, which is golfing. Right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nobody masters anything, though. I I, I feel like the pros are still trying to figure it out, right? Everybody hits bad shots. Uh, For example, I played this week in Long Island. went to a wedding. And I played uh, with my buddies this week, uh, my buddy from Long Island. The first day, I was terrible. And I told him, look, I'll play better the next day because it'll be my second time on the course. I kind of know where to go and where not to go. And I, I shot like a 78 or 79 this next day. <laughs> and, but the first day, I was like 90 or 91. It was hot. You know, it was windy. <laughs> and I didn't know the course. And the guy, a couple of guys I was playing weren't very good, so I was just 
playing to the level of comp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the next day, the guys were better. We played with some other guys, and I just said, okay, let's, let's get this on. For, right from the first hole, I was on. The, uh, you give me a 91 any day, and I'm happy. <laughs> I'm the same way, man. I'm that's, locked in. That's like, like my I'm best score in, of all time. Yeah, man. but yeah. The, the temperature was about 96 that day, so that, it, it, it kind of drained me right away. I, like, I feel like I get out there. It's the kind of sport where, like, if you don't play all the time, it's just hard to expect much from uh, yourself. Do you play a lot? Uh, I play as much as possible, and on the days I don't play, I will practice. Okay. Uh, there's a beautiful driving range not far from my house in Maryland, and I, I'm not adverse to going out there at 8.30 in the morning, just practice chipping and putting and then uh, hit some balls and, and get ready to play my buddies because we play for lunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to pay for lunch. I'd rather <laughs> eat for free like anybody. So, uh, And we have fun. I, I play with a lot of former teammates, uh, Tippy Martinez, uh, Ross Grimsley. And my best buddy is Al Bunbury. I was about to say, I know Bunbury. Get yeah, out the there, little man. boomer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little, little boomer. He's, he's got a good game. He's tough to beat. And well, I know he's going to talk a lot. So. <laughs> See, unbelievable. I'll tell you, I was playing with him one day in Florida. And uh, I hadn't played this course before. It's, it's down near Sarasota. And uh, we got to the 18th hole, and we were tied. So I figured, well, I got to play well on this hole. At least, you know. We'll be even. You know, I won't have to pay for lunch. He won't either. We pay for our own. Well, I hit a good drive. It was a par five. And I said, maybe I can reach it in two. All right? Now, remember, I haven't played this whole week. I've played this uh, course before. Right. So I hit a good shot. It's going and going. I see this splash. And it's. I turned to Alice. Man, you didn't tell me there's water up there. He said, "Oh, I, I forgot." <laughs> yeah, right. So I said, "Hey, come on, man!" So he's kind of smiling. So I drop on the, the other side of the water, and uh, then I hit a shot. It went in from about 130 no. yards. It went, in for, it went in for a birdie, and I beat him anyway. Oh, and so I said, "Take that! <laughs> Take that!" That and, is uh, terrific. And, and another, it's funny. I hit great shots when I play with him. I, I was playing with him at another course in Maryland. Uh, this was in Maryland at, at Mountain Branch, and um, he hit a good shot to the green. He had a birdie putt. So I'm hitting from the fairway now, and uh, I'm about 120, 130 out. And I hold it again. Wow. And Man. this is hole number one. And he just he just turned and he said, is it going to be like this all day? <laughs> and uh, he ended up beating me that day because it went downhill. For, I was so happy. I just said, okay, we're good. We, we're, you're lucky maybe once in your life you hole something from that far away. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Do you have any hole-in-ones, Ken? I, I have two of them, and one of them was playing with him. <laughs> and uh, it, it was at the same course I just mentioned, Mountain Branch. I, I hit a shot. And I knew I hit a good shot, so I turned right away to go walk back to the cart. And as I'm walking to the cart, he says, you're not going to need your putter. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, do you see your ball on the green? And I, I didn't see it. I said, man, don't tell me I hit the ball over the green. I hit a good shot. I thought it was good right on the money. So we're going up to the, to the green, <laughs> and I reach for my putter out of my bag. You don't need your putter. <laughs> so I said, what are you talking about? He said, the ball's in the hole. I, 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 so I walked, sure enough, there it was. I didn't even see it go in. Oh, yeah, man. Didn't, no, I didn't you, see it go in. You didn't get that satisfaction. Well, you, you know, that's. I had two of them. Neither one I saw go in. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, 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 I was in an Oriole tournament. Same course, different hole. And I hit a shot. And it was kind of really bright. It was over a lake, so there was a lot of reflection. And we were looking for our ball. My group, I was in looking for the ball. And then somebody said, go look in the hole. And it was in the hole. Wow. And, uh, and uh, that was one of those tournaments where they had uh, 
they had the te- uh, television screens, and you could print out your scores. Yeah. So I printed out the hole in one, and everybody on the course, you, you could hear them. They were oh, this thing, you got a hole in one. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. fun, man. Yeah, wrong hole. It wasn't the car hole. Do you have any C? <laughs> no. No, no, no. Yeah. Not, not You'll get close. one. See, not even yeah. close. I, I, if I, I feel like if I play long enough, I mean, you know, See, then maybe. eventually you'll get one. We'll I had one when I was 16. Like wow. that, uh, yeah, that I, I, at Kapalua in Hawaii. <laughs> I know. Wow. Like, I, That's it, a real course. It, right. Yeah. It, was, it was the fifth hole of the Bay course. Uh-huh. And it, it was, I hit a five wood, which is like almost like gives me a demerit getting a hole in one with a five wood. <laughs> How long was but the hole? It was like a hundred and. I want to say it was somewhere around 170, but there was a ridiculous wind off the ocean because it's a hole. Oh, yeah, every okay. time. It's the signature hole that's right off the, right off the ocean, uh-huh. right? And so, and I, at that time, I had a vicious slice. So I played it to the, it was like uh, the, the pin placement was back right. So I played it to the front of the green and. You're talking just like hit a pro it. now. Yeah, man. It just, <laughs> I just hit it perfectly and uh-huh. it's like angling towards that back right. And I'm like watching, and I'm like, man, that I think that might go in. Like that's like, but it's far away, you know. Like, and I can't totally tell. And I'm like waiting to see if it goes in. <laughs> and there were these people up on. There's like apartments there, you know. And like all of a sudden, I saw these people like jumping up and down. I'm like, oh no, that went in. <laughs> <laughs> they were celebrating for me. So I was like. All downhill from there because I'm 31 now. I haven't come <laughs> close since, but, you know. So, so, see, my point is, you know, it, it, you didn't get to play all that much because you, you know, you're still playing, you're yeah. active, and you can play, pitch as long as you want. But the thing is that after you retire, you're going to have to have something to do. You know, know. So, some way to get out of the house, and that's – Four hours, you go out with your buddies, you have a good time. And that's what I need to get to, like, just to go just practice. Like, in the mornings when I wake up, if I just go to the course mm-hmm. or, like, you know. You ever swing, take lessons? I have taken lessons okay. a couple of times. But okay. I need to get, like, in that routine where if, like, I go out and chip and putt a couple of times. Are and, your clubs built for you? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I was telling Ryan the yeah, same thing. You got to get them custom, built for yourself. Custom, custom clubs, yeah, right? I, I have yeah. to just because of my, you know, being so tall. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. I but, could uh, see you getting addicted once you're done playing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, for sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to Plus it. Plus, you get invited to all these tournaments exactly. all over the country. You know, and just uh, go and play and meet new people. And, you know, you, you network throughout the country. That's, I just want to be able to be Jeep. <laughs> just like you and Bunbury, just I just I want to be able to be. Uh, I man. understand. You know, there, there's there's competitive fires will always burn. You know, <laughs> you know how competitive you are on the mound. Yeah. And when you're playing and hitting base and playing baseball, it's the same sort of thing. Although you're not a pro at this, you know, yeah. but you still have that desire to to do well. And uh, you know, when I play with Grimsley, when four baseball players get together. I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's, action, it's the same way. I, you know, I, t- I tell Grimsley all the time about the home run I hit off him, and uh, well, he don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, you turn back the clock, and, you know, in, in a lot of ways, you become a better player than even you were then. You know? <laughs> How long did you and Bunbury play together? Oh, we played together for 10 years. Oh, Baltimore. wow. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, he's the salt of the earth. He would, he'd give you the shirt off his back. Uh, I just uh, He's my best friend. And, uh, you know, he's one of these guys, you don't talk to him for a month, and then you, all of a sudden you talk, you pick up the conversation right where you left <laughs> off. You know, just yeah. he, he's a fantastic person. And fantastic. I got a chance to know him uh, in the Indies organization. When I got, first got drafted, I was 17 years old, and he was in the organization and um, working as outfield and base running coach. And he was, he was our first base coach when I got to the big leagues for a little while, too. So, um, yeah, I got to know he's him. He's a hard well. worker. Yeah. Very hard. He doesn't take any nonsense on the uh, – 
on the baseball field. And so that's how you knew he would be a guy who, who talks smack on the golf course. Of course, 1,000%. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think Earl Weaver rubbed off on him. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> who would be your foursome, see? If you, like, you're, you're, let's say if you were to make it a foursome of, of teammates who you've played with, who you could see yourself golfing with regularly. Um, Forget geography be, for, yeah, for a yeah, second. Yeah. I was about to say um, it will probably be Jeet, Andrew, and Sato. Okay, got you. Andrew yeah. Jones? Yeah. Nice. And and for those who Posada. don't know Sato, it's Jorge Posada. Mm-hmm. Most and, of our audience and, would know Andy, that. But just I, I mean, I would have to be Andy would be in there, too. Oh, yeah, so exactly. I don't think it'd be. And they you let know. you play five some right. <laughs> We got, at some point in my life, me, you, and Andy need to golf. Okay. Because, you know, I mean, I kept it under wraps when we had him on the pod back in the day. But, you know, Andy's my guy. Like, that's like. My all-timer right Yeah, I just there. don't want you to be freaking them out and stuff, man. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I kept it cool when we had him on the pod, you did, though, didn't you I? You did, you did. That it's funny, good. though. If you look at, like, my, a lot of my childhood bedroom is still, like, untouched. I mean, some things have been changed, you know, because, like, my mom's like, You're, you sleep in this room however many, like, what, ten times they a year? They haven't turned like, into an office yet? Not yet. Not yet. I won't let them. <laughs> well, my, kids get out of, my kids get out of the house. I'm, I'm changing everything. Yeah. I'm, turning, I'm, I'm throwing it out. I don't yeah. want them coming back. I know what you're doing. <laughs> because I, I've, I've been there. We're, we are there now. Yeah. You know? are, like, have you changed your kids' rooms yet? Uh, no, just in case they come back for a weekend or something. Yeah. But uh, uh, there's there's a lot of things. The house is more quiet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, when it gets down to just two people in a big house, it's – I have to call out loud to hear what my wife – I don't know where she is in the house. You know? <laughs> right. So, but, but, you know, enjoy your kids while they're young, see, because yeah. they grow up fast. Uh, you know, I think um, you're all aware my daughter just graduated from Penn State, and she got a job in like 10 minutes. Which is awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. And she's in California, which is a long way from the East Coast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you. You see, you, I bet you want to keep those rooms for nostalgia for a little bit too, right? No, That's, no, you don't I wanna, don't. You I, wanna I wanna eat, change them into something really? that I want. Yeah, like, <laughs> I got plans for these rooms. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, what are your grand plans for these rooms? What are you gonna put in I, these rooms? I'm gonna make like man caves. Like you I already have a man cave. Not, not like like the way I want. As soon as little C's out and going to college, I'm gonna turn this room to a man cave. Really? <laughs> How big is his room, man? Nah. He, he, the, you know what? The, but but so point being, my childhood bedroom still has like seven or eight Andy Pettit plaques up on it. I'm like, you can't you can't take that down. You can't you can't change that. Like I had I had Yankee wallpaper in there till I was like, I don't even know when I let them finally change that. Maybe That's like great. twenty-four or something like that. <laughs> All right, Ken, you brought up Earl Weaver before. Oh really? Who just seems like the craziest character in managerial history. What what's a favorite Earl story or two? Let's see, do we have enough time? <laughs> uh, some of them I can talk about, some of them I can't. Um Earl, Earl was, uh, well, the umpires hated him, and he hated them. <laughs> uh, he, he got thrown out of more games than any other manager in American League history. Uh, 97 times he got wow. thrown out of games. Oh, my gosh. And he said, really, it should be 103 because he got thrown out six times before the game started. <laughs> so it didn't count as being thrown out of a game. Are you, how do you even do that? Well, you get thrown out as you're exchanging the lineup cards. Six times six that times. happened to him? That's, yeah. that's awesome. I would have loved to see him that. Uh, see, it was like a weekly occurrence. <laughs> it, 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 it got to us. It's got to be old hat. You know, but, <laughs> but he had our backs at all times. He used to, he used to have a, uh, a speech every spring training, and, and by, the, by about my fifth year, I knew it word for word. And the, what he would say was, it's not your job to argue. Your job is to hit the three-run homer or pitch the shutout or play good defense. My job is... I'll do the argument. I, he loved it. I, I, he, 
Uh, there's some classics that uh, you can you can pull up on YouTube of him arguing. I mean, and he's cussing at umpires, but you know, back and forth. And I think I think uh, my favorite is there was a balk that was called on Mike Flanagan in the first inning, and uh, Earl went out to argue with Bill Howard. And uh, Earl, he must have been out there for 15 or 20 minutes because every time he turned to go to the dugout, he turned around, and come back, and argue more. <laughs> and uh, I think Earl told Bill Howard, "I'm going to the Hall of Fame." And Haller said, what for? For screwing up World Series? <laughs> oh, and Earl didn't like that. <laughs> because he was one and two in World Series. Oh, man. Yeah, so. So he came back for some more after after he yeah. said that to Earl? But, now, now, knowing that he was going out there all the time, did you have to be careful? Like, no, like if you were going to argue a ball or strike, like, you oh. made sure that it was a strike. You know what I mean? No, no CC, I, I will tell you this. It kind of rubbed off on us because we didn't take any smack from umpires on, our, on, on my team, on the Orioles. You weren't afraid to voice your opinion, knowing that he would have your back. He'd be out there in a second trying to keep you in the game. Okay. Um, uh, I got tossed out of two games, once for fighting and once for uh, arguing balls and strikes. And <laughs> I got thrown out. I think it was uh, Mike DeMuro. His father, Lou, was on uh-huh. par. And he called me out on strike three. It was a ball. And uh, Earl came out with bases loaded, too. Every hitter, yeah, it was a ball. Base, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a 3-2 pitch. And, 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 That's right. and, and Earl comes out to argue and says, you know, the guy walks 100 times a year. You're, you're going to call him out? You know he's right. <laughs> yeah, and he was just going back and forth. And uh, But when Eddie Murray got thrown out, Earl would always get thrown out. And we used to call it father-son ejection night. <laughs> because he loved him some Eddie. We all loved Eddie. Yeah. I mean, Eddie just was the best clutch hitter I've ever been around. And um, so whenever Eddie got tossed out of a game, which, which happened because the umpires didn't like Eddie either. He was kind of sour. And, you know, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't a good personality on the field, but he could play. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, 1,900 runs batted in, all yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. He was clutch. But when Eddie got in a bad mood, and he's the only person on the team that Earl would never yell at because he, he was afraid Eddie would say, okay, I'm not playing. <laughs> and, <laughs> Eddie probably would be yeah, like, okay. He I'm not, he, back he, off yeah, and say, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this today. Were you ever around Eddie when yeah, he was he, with Cleveland? He was the, he was the hitting coach. Yeah. And, and uh, for a couple of years, I, I remember, but we're close. We're still close. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, he's, he's been, I mean, uh, you know, in Lil C's life ever since he was a kid and stuff. And oh, he's wow. in New York all the time. I talk to Eddie all the time. So he's. Really close to me and Amber, so I got a chance. You know, yeah. another guy that you played with Great that, that I'm close hitter. with. It's, it's yeah, funny, it's man, crazy, how it right? all intersects. Yeah. I, I got a good Eddie story. We, we went to Japan one year on a tour as a team. The Orioles went as a team because we had won the World Series a young, year before. And we faced Japanese best players they had. We were there for about two and a half weeks. Eddie hit nine home runs in two and a half weeks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so they had a couple guys through pretty well, through pretty hard. And this one guy for the Tokyo Giants, I can't remember his name because it was too difficult. But yeah, yeah, good luck pronouncing yeah, it. Yeah, he yeah. got Eddie 0-2 in Fukuoka, Japan. And he knocked Eddie down right at his helmet. I mean, he was throwing hard. Ooh. Helmet came off, bat went flying. Eddie got up, kind of brushed himself off, stared out at the mound, and hit the next pitch out of the stadium. <laughs> they measured it 540 feet. It rolled down a hill to the base of a lake. Oh, my God! Straightaway center field. The fans got up to catch the ball. They all turned at once as the ball went out of the stadium. Wow. Oh. Eddie took like a half hour to get around the base. <laughs> and you should have seen the look on the Japanese players like, what have we done? You know, just... 
this is a man you don't want to mess with. So all of us are yelling at the pitcher, throw at me. You know, just, but he didn't understand what we were saying. But this, this was to me and all the players who were there. Yeah. The Orioles, they, we still talk about that. Eddie, Eddie was the man. You know, yeah. just, Cal Ripken was there. And every, we talk about it when we see each other. Yeah. Oh, man, let's go back to Fukuoka. We'll see if we can find that ball. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie was somebody that I sat on the bench with um, uh-huh. when he was the hitting coach and our team would be in the field. I would sit with him and we would just talk hitting and pitching. It's the same. You know, he would always talk talk hitting and uh-huh. what guys what you know, what guys should be looking for or who's who's gonna throw this or what. And it kinda like helped me with pitching. You uh-huh. know what I mean? We would just sit there and just talk about the game. Literally every day. And it, and it helped me with sequences and, and just learning how to pitch and, like, learning the game big time. He um, – uh, one, more, one more Eddie story. And he had just struck out, and he was really ticked off. And he sat down next to me on the bench, and I'm the only one he spoke to. He said, next time up, I'm going out of here. <laughs> and uh, sure he did. He did it. <laughs> just, wow. I was on first base, and he won, like, nine miles off of somebody, some, some poor guy. See, <laughs> but he would know – with the sequel, he yeah, would know exactly. how guys were gonna pitch him. He would know, uh-huh. you know, what what he what he did the last time off of him, and then you know how he's gonna throw him. And he he could do that for you. Like if it was, it could be Russell Brain or whoever else, and he'd mm-hmm. be like, he gonna throw Russ this 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 and this. Wow! And it would be right on point. And mm-hmm. I and I would have to sit there and figure out to try to pick his brain how he knew that stuff. So we spent a lot of time together. It, it just wasn't that he had talent. He had smarts, too. Yeah, yeah. His was, baseball IQ that's was off a, the charts. That combination made him a great player. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So you And you're sitting there as a pitcher then in the dugout with Eddie Murray kind of like learning, okay, if he's thinking this way, maybe this is how I should sequence this hitter or that hitter <laughs> or whatever. Exactly, for sure. You know, if you know he's telling me how to face Juan Gonzalez or whoever else, then that, that applies to, you know, Vlad Guerrero or whoever else I'm going to face, Manny Ramirez. So it, I kind of, you know, it kind of worked like that. What's up, R2C2 fans? It's your boy Ryan here with CC putting in work on the mound and me calling his games for years. We've gotten to know each other pretty, pretty well. Whether it's at the stadium or in the studio, we are always trying to knock it out of the park. Uninterrupted and State Farm are getting together to bring you the sixth sense, where NBA teammates like Andre Drummond and Stanley Johnson show how they get each other like no other, the way CeCe and I do here on R2C2. Check out Drummond and Johnson's episode as well as the entire series of The Sixth Sense on YouTube.com slash uninterrupted and maybe you can get a teammate off the court or off the field that gets you too. You know, uh, one thing, uh, speaking about CeCe, now let's make believe he's not here. Yeah, let's make believe he's not here. One thing I've really admired about him as a pitcher, that he's made this transformation over the years. Mm -hmm. He's kind of reinvented himself. Now, I remember CeCe when he was throwing 90, 99, you know, 100 (laughs) back in the day and just having – just. You can't hit this. Right. You, you understand? What I mean? But now he's gotten to the point where he's a real pitcher. Yeah. But he's still got he's still got enough that if if you look for the salt, you're not you know he can pass you upstairs, <laughs> moves the ball around better, corner to corner. It's not just right down the middle. You can't hit it. And uh, you know I've I've admired this. Thank you. And watched the way you've pitched over these last few years, and I just said, man, this. This guy can go on for as long as he wants. You know, just, maybe he's not going to play golf ever. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just a combination of all that, though. Like uh-huh. learning from you know being around these guys and being around Andy and uh-huh. just trying to you know figure out ways to get guys out and, and coming up with different ways. It's not only the way you play on the field; it's what you do with the rest of the team. Every team has to have guys that they look to, and that you know, as a veteran player, 
it's kind of part of your job to pass on. Uh, I can recall when um, you know Ripken first came up with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie was a little bit younger than I was, younger than I was, but I was sort of one of the older guys on the team then. So it was my job. And, and one day Ripken came in. He, he threw his bat, threw his helmet, and it was all on TV. Mm. So the next day I brought him in the clubhouse, and I, I had the guy cue it up. And I said, is this who you want to be? I mean, you're from, you're from Baltimore. <laughs> you, you want all these kids around here to be like you. Mm. And he never did it again. Wow. So that, that's the sort of thing that veterans should pass down to, to the younger players. You know, how to comport yourself as a, as a big league baseball player. This is something that, you know, there's – Every male in this country grows up to be, most of them want to be baseball players. They they wish they could do it, and less than 1% of the population actually gets to the major leagues. So uh, if you're going to be there and you've got all these youngsters out there, you know, if if my grandson's watching the game and CeCe's pitching, I'm going to say, watch the way this guy pitches, you know. Watch the way he comports himself on the mound. Watch the way when they show shots at the dugout how a younger pitcher might be sitting next to him, you know, getting pointers during the game. Or he's helping a younger pitcher in his start. Um, it just, you know, what young guys, my, my grandson he pitches sometimes. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing, get the ball over the plate, get people out. They, some guys, you can't hit it because he throws pretty good. But I said, that's not really pitching. That's kind of throwing. <laughs> but, you know, when you get older, the hitters are going to get better. You've got to start pitching. you got to move it to the corner, move it in, move them off the plate, back to the outside, all that sort of thing. He's only eight years old. He's got a long way. (laughs) (laughs) But this is how, if I'm watching the game and CC's pitching, I'm just saying, we're going to tape this so you can watch it in the future. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. you. Is that that more satisfying for you, C, now, like knowing kind of that – you're, you have to be a little more crafty, or, or your your artistry has to be more fine as you as you walk through the lineup. Oh yeah, and, and, I mean, I get reminded like quickly, like like the last inning against uh, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta the other day. I was feeling good, like I'm out there, we grooving, and <laughs> I struck the first two hitters out of the inning, and then like right when I start feeling and I'm feeling good. First pitch I throw, I was like, I'm gonna throw this one hard. I'm trying to strike out the track, strike out the side. First pitch, Homer. You know what I'm saying? Like Camargo, I, I, maybe. Yeah, I yeah. get reminded, like humble, so quick every time. So it's it's a uh, it's good. It's a good reminder that you know I have to stay within myself and and still go out and pitch. And I'm not you know what I used to be. So it, it's good. I mean, not like giving up that Homer, like snap me back in. It was good. If I would have struck out the side that last game, I would have tried to come out on Monday and been like, <laughs> like thinking I'm 19 again. You know what I'm saying? I'm going like, to blow nah, by like, you, Machado. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. I, I came right back. If, if, if you were teaching youngsters to pitch, what sequence would you go in? I mean, command of fastball number one, I yeah. guess, right? I think fastball of command, I mean, uh, command of fastball and then change up. Oh, I think. Man, how many times have I said that on the air? I, I feel good now. I think the change-up <laughs> yeah, yeah. is, is the biggest pitch. I think because we can all spin something at, at some point. Uh-huh. You could teach somebody how to throw a slider or a slurve or whatever. Did but you always have a good change? No. No? And, and, okay. and that's something I learned in the big leagues because uh-huh. um, everything happened so fast for me. Okay. Um, when I got drafted, you know, they, they had to teach me a whole delivery. I didn't know how to throw a four-seamer or a two-seamer, uh-huh. anything like that. So they had to teach me everything. and. And that was the last thing of the development was was the changeup, and it just so happened I was in the big leagues when I needed to start throwing it. So it took me like three years to to throw uh-huh. it. I mean, to learn how to throw it and to get like kind of a master of it. But um, I wish I would have learned that earlier. Uh-huh. I wish I would have had that coming out of high school. Now, when you were drafted by Cleveland, number one draft pick, did you kind of know they were on you, or or did you think other teams were? I thought I was going to get drafted by Cincinnati. Oh, okay. And I thought I was going to play first base. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. yeah. Really? I thought they were going to draft me. I thought I was going to play first base. And then I thought 
Pittsburgh uh, as a pitcher, but no, I mean, I had seen the scout from Cleveland a couple times, but but never really thought that they uh-huh. were on me like that. So yeah, it was a good surprise, a great organization. I yeah, mean, well, I, I'm glad that I landed in that spot more than I mean, anywhere else. It was it was perfect spot for me. Yeah, it, it's interesting because uh, yeah, I grew up in the New York area, and there's a lot of scouts around New York. And there was, uh, I remember going to a lot of games. You can see them all sitting up there and stopwatches and everything and pads. And, and I'm, I'm sure it was the same way with you, except uh, in your day, there were radar guns. They didn't have that back, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have that back when I was playing. But, but the, uh, the, the situation is uh, very similar. Uh, scouts have to project mm. about what a player is going to be. And uh, I'll tell you, the guy from Cleveland who, who – put their, their Indians onto you, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> yes, he did. Ken, uh-huh. Now, Ken, you were, you were a first-round pick as yeah, well. Yeah, I was. And what were you, three overall? Yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty nice. Uh, that was okay, but in those days they had a winter draft, and yeah. I was drafted in the winter. Got you. Uh, so you, was, They had a winter draft? Yeah, they had two drafts during the course of a year. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Uh, I was drafted just ahead of Carton Fist. He was picked next oh, by wow. the Red Sox. And uh, I was kind of, sort of a hometown pick because the Mets picked me, and I grew up in the New York area. And uh, uh, it, it was good to be picked by your hometown was, team. Yeah. And then to get to the big leagues with your hometown team, it was good in a way, but the phone kept ringing. You know, my parents were always figuring out the tickets, and my relatives are calling. And uh, I remember when I got traded to Montreal, uh, my mom was crying. You know, it wasn't like nowadays you can watch every game anytime, anywhere. Oh, we'll never see him play again. And my dad was more practical. He said, oh, he's going to go up there. He's going to get to play all the time. He, <laughs> yeah. You're going to find out what type of ball player you really are. And he was right. you know. And then, uh, How many it, years were you in Montreal before you went to Baltimore? Three years. Three uh, cold years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of chilly up there. Yeah. But, uh, you stayed there in the wintertime, too. You uh, said, one right, year, one I year? Did, yeah. I did, yeah. That, that cured me, though. I did, <laughs> from that point, I mean, 30 below is 30 below. I mean, you can't even go outside. No. So... Uh, I moved to California the next year. <laughs> <laughs> this is where baseball is different than the other sports, though, right? Because, like, when you are choosing your city, let's say you're a free agent, uh-huh. at least the majority of the baseball season, you're going to be in warm weather regardless, yeah. right? Yeah. No matter what city you pick, even Detroit, okay? April, <laughs> May, maybe. May, September. We were there in April. It wasn't good. But for the most part. But I'm saying, like, when when people talk about like NBA free agency, I'm always like, weather has to play so much more of a role because the entire season is basically in yeah, cold I, weather. But months. I don't think that they I don't think that they they don't worry about that because they plan indoors and it seems like it like guys don't really worry about that in the NBA. Well, they're playing right? indoors, but life is outside. I know, but I'm just saying though, it seems like it, it, like I know they it doesn't feel like, like they, they worry about they don't it. Worry buy about a that coat, at all. you know, you can buy a coat. I know. <laughs> I just, yeah. Wait, wait, did you just buy a coat and stay in Montreal? You left. <laughs> no, I, I, had a, I had a big coat, believe me, a scarf and a hat, and boots and gloves. I had everything up there. You know, you're talking about before how um how like Eddie when he got pissed off, he could just be like, hey. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go hit a home run. And that's funny because that's something I, I wrote down in my little notebook that CC loves. Uh-huh. That I, I, like, I wanted to ask both of you if, like, how being pissed off affects your performance. Like, can you actually – like, if there's a common trend for what it does to you. It makes me horrible. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't function being pissed off anywhere in life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Especially on the mound. I, I have to be um, – I have to be uh-huh. under control, and when I'm pissed off, I'm, I'm not in control. So what do you do? If you feel yourself starting to get pissed off on, on the mound, what do you do? Yeah. I, I, I won't let it. Like, I won't, like, I, like, that whole day, you know, like, driving into the park, waking up, doing everything, I make sure that I'm in a good mood. 
Seriously, like like me and Chad mm-hmm. talked about our, our, our mental conditioning coach. Like, I won't even, like, if I'm driving into the park, I won't even honk at anybody if they cut me off or anything like that. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I put myself in a space where I'm not going to, like, nothing's going to affect me. I'm not going to let a bad call. I'm not going to let a check swing. I'm not going to let a swing and bun. I'm not going to let anything get in the way of what I'm trying to do and focus and, and, and lock in and win this game. Were you always that way or no, did it take a while to develop not. it? No, yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, it's taken me 18 years yeah. to get to that point. Like, No, I mean, and, and that was something that was like a big deal when I was younger in Cleveland is my anger, you know, yeah. or, or one call – uh, messing up a game, you know what I mean, or or just something that you know me getting pissed off at a player and and you know uh, not being able to throw strikes. That was something that was a big deal for me. I had to I had to really figure out. Uh, don't sweat the small stuff. You know the the whole idea is to win the game, and the only way you're going to do it is be able to focus during the whole game. Yeah. Um, you know because if you take a strikeout with you out to the outfield and you're worried about that, all of a sudden you're chasing down a ball in a gap you maybe you should have caught. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just. Um, th- th- there were times my manager would tick me off. <laughs> he-, he would tick me off. Uh, but I-, I tried to uh, even let that go in one ear and out the other. Uh, to give you an example, I-, I missed a fly ball in Chicago one day. Just easy fly ball. Hit my glove. Fell out. And the White Sox didn't even score. So I come back to the dugout. I feel pretty good. They didn't score. Yeah. But here comes Earl. And he's, what, what the hell are you doing out there? <laughs> I, I, I said, I got no excuse. The ball just hit my glove. It fell out. And I, I was trying to be chill about it. Yeah. I said, they didn't even score. But he's not that way. <laughs> you know, you got to play the game right. So he says, you know, you want to look bad in front of 35,000 people? I said, no, not really. He said, well, you just did. You, 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 you didn't look very good. I said, Earl, you know, there's bigger things to do here today. I said, uh, number one, I'm hitting this inning. You better leave me alone. <laughs> and then he thought about it, and he said, yeah, go ahead. He, he, he knew what was important, you know. So it was more important for me to get a hit than actually a fly ball that was inconsequential during the course of this game. So uh-huh. yeah, I, I don't. CC's right. You can't function on the field. You got to have all your faculties working, concentration working, if you're going to be successful on the field. Um, my wife says to me, "You can remember pitches and sequences from 30 and 40 years ago, and you can't remember today's garbage day." And I, <laughs> I, I said, "Because you know, if I'm not concentrating and if, if I'm you know up there halfway thinking about things, somebody could hit me in the head and kill me. So I, you got to concentrate with Nolan Ryan on the mound. Mm-hmm. That's." And that's when you focus the best, I thought, when I was playing, when I was focused the best. I always, uh, speaking of Nolan Ryan, I'm yeah. sorry, uh-huh. who, who was the best pitcher from that era? Who, who did you who, – who was the guy that you hated to face? Uh, Ron Guidry. He, he was tough. Was he? <laughs> uh, it was so bad, see, I would tell you. When I came to New York with the Orioles, I would stay with my parents at their home in New York where I grew up. And uh, I'm going to the stadium, getting ready to drive down to the stadium. My dad would say, you know who's pitching tonight, don't you? I'd say, yeah. He says, you think you get a hit? I said, well, maybe he'll walk me. <laughs> but I, I did hit one home run off him and basically hit my bat. You know, and, and Gidry was tough. There's a lot of guys. Steve Carlton was tough. But there, there were big-time Hall of Fame pitchers that because the challenge is there. When you're facing the top guys like Bob Gibson and Tom Seaver and, and Nolan and, uh, you know, Carlton and all these guys and Fergie Jenkins. Fergie Jenkins. He, oh, he, was, he had power and control. I looked up the numbers just 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 so we have them officially. Whoa. You versus Ron Ken to to back it up. Uh, yeah, you had you did have you did have three doubles off him. Yeah. You did have the one home run, but nine for fifty four, so nah. one sixty seven with ten good. Ks. It so you remember good. it correctly. Good. I would have yeah. been a three hundred hitter against the Yankees if it wasn't for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, guys like I remember meeting Gibson a couple of years ago. The Yankees were in St. Louis. 
uh, one of the rare times to go to St. Louis to play interleague game. And I ran into Bob in the lobby of the hotel, and he was with his wife. So we sat down, we talked a little bit, and he still had that glare, man. He's, he looked at me and says, I used to have problems with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, just, I just thought to myself, well, he's not going to get me now. <laughs> <laughs> because my first game facing Bob Gibson, I was with the Mets, and Don Clendenin, we're in the, in the tunnel getting ready to, game's going to start. He says, kid, if you hit the ball hard against Gibson, make sure it's fair. Because if you pull it foul, that next pitch is going to be right at your neck. Oh. So I, I, I just I just remember that. And every ball I hit off him hard was fair. And I, I think I hit 340 against him in my career. Wow. But I never hit a home run off him because I really didn't want to take him You didn't want to hit And not only was he a great pitcher, he was a great hitter. He beat us 2-1 to one, one day. He hit two home runs. Really? And uh, it might have been a shutout. He might have shut us out 2 nothing, and he hit two home runs. I didn't know he could hit. But, no, he's a good hitter, too. But that, that was like a, a – I mean, I don't feel like there's guys in the game like that anymore. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, you uh-huh. know, a Bob Gibson or Tom Seaver or, or you know. Marischal. Yeah. Like was tough, too. Yeah. Yeah. He told me a story. <laughs> this is Juan talking to me. Okay. Now, he said that uh, I hit two home runs off him, right? And, I, and uh, early in my career, one with the Mets, I think both with the Mets. And uh, years later, I played in his golf tournament in Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. And we're at his house, and he says uh, – you know, I didn't like young guys hitting home runs off me. And I, I said, do you like old guys hitting home runs? He said, I don't like anybody hitting home runs off me. And he said, I was going to knock you down, but my wife thought you were cute, so I figured I'd get in trouble at home. If I <laughs> yes. So I, I, I said, uh, I, got, I walked over to his wife. I said, thank you very much. <laughs> nice to meet you. That's a terrific story. Yeah, he, he, was, he was a tough pitcher. Too. He had a screwball. Really? He had everything, man. It, and he had that wind-up, which is uh, very unusual. It's hard to pick up the ball. And not only that, he was my favorite pitcher growing up. So mm-hmm. to hit a home run off your favorite pitcher, uh, Marischal, uh, just, plus he's in the Hall of Fame, too. Yeah. Now. So he's, he was great. That's great. pretty cool. Like, uh-huh. yeah, to, to hit a home run off your favorite pitcher. Yeah. Like, who, who was your favorite hitter growing up? Griffey. Griffey? Uh-huh. So what was it like when you faced him? Man, I, the very first time I faced him, the very first time I faced him was spring training. It was my first spring training game. And I came out of the bullpen. It was like one of the only two times I've ever literally came out of the bullpen. And uh, he was the first hitter. And you're what, 19? Yeah, I was 19. He I was hit him the- in the back. No! no. no. <laughs> I wanted to cry. <laughs> I was so like, I didn't know what to do. Uh, are you serious? Because I'm like, I, I need to strike him out, right? Like, I have to, like, because yeah. all my boys are going, yeah. I can't let him hit a homer. Yeah. So I'm throwing the ball as hard as I can, and it just slipped out of my hand, oh, man. Oh, my and God. And I hit him right in the back, and he was pissed. And I just wanted to go and, like, hey, see. I'm so sorry. That's man. what all pitchers say. It slipped. <laughs> <laughs> You, you talk to any hitter. Oh, I know. It's like the first excuse out of the box. <laughs> it, it, it slipped. You know? <laughs> uh, I felt so bad, man. I, that was horrible. But um, we ended up, you know, we're, we're friends now, and he laughs about it now. But, yeah, that was the, that was, I was so hyped, and I just couldn't – I didn't know what to do, man. He's a good golfer, too. He's a great golfer. Yeah. Right? Is he yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. His swing – you know, he is the – he's the first opponent I ever went to a game to see. Because, like, growing up – you know, I grew up a, a diehard Yankee fan. I'm growing up in the New York area. I, w- I never cared about the opponent. If I'm going to the game and I, I was fortunate enough to go to a good amount of games, it was always about, like, just seeing the Yankees. Like, that's why I'm going. Yeah. And I'm growing up in the late 90s with all the championships, right? The first time I ever cared who they were playing when I went to a game 
was Seattle, so I could see Ken Griffey. Yeah, yeah. I always every time they came to Oakland. Yeah, uh, I always would go see him, especially because they had uh, Randy Johnson too. So my and my mom was a big Ken Griffey Jr. fan. So anytime they came in town, she would take me. His dad was a good player too. I yeah, mean, he was solid hitter. Not not the power that his son had, but he was a very good hitter, line drive type hitter. Back in the days when. Uh, hitters are actually trying to hit singles and doubles. Now, yeah, right. <laughs> now, now everybody's trying to go deep. And, uh, and I, I think in a, a lot of ways now the hitters are kind of playing into the hands of the pitchers. I mean, there's more pitchers who throw hard. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that Now nowadays. Uh, when I was playing, there was a lot of guys sinker, slider, you know, especially out of the bullpens. Now there's people in bullpens you don't want to see. You, you don't want them to come in the game. And every, every team is trying to load up on 95-plus out of the bullpen. And that's why I think you're getting a lot of strikeouts, especially with these everybody trying to hit the ball out of the park with the launch angles. They're kind of playing into the hands of the pitchers, especially the ones who can throw a high heart like Chad Green. Mm-hmm. They, they can't get up there and get it. You know, that's I, it. I think, too, I think guys used to change their approach when they got uh-huh. to two strikes. And they don't do that anymore. No, yeah. I mean, because you, you don't have to pitch where guys are trying to put the ball in play. They're still trying to stay within their swing and yeah. trying, still trying to hit a home run. Yeah. So you don't have to change. You can just still pitch them, you know, like it was 0-1 or 0-2. That's something that A-Rod talks to us about all the time. It's like having that A swing, B swing, C swing. How, right, guys just always are going with the A swing now, right? Instead of, like, adjusting to the count or whatever it might be. Yeah, but for me, I mean, like, I want Aaron Judge to take the homer swing all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's just me. You know what I mean? Like. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a pitcher, and and obviously our team, you know, we hit a lot. We hit a lot of home runs, and and it, you know, I'm on the other side of it. But I, I mean, I always want those guys to swing swing hard as you can. Yeah. Well, his <laughs> his C swing is still a home run swing. Yeah. 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 He's, he's just true. hitting it out to right and right center. That's, That's true. Well, yeah. we saw that uh, the last game at, against Atlanta when he homered. Like yeah. that fly ball down the right yeah. field line. He he didn't come close to getting that. Mm-hmm. But he's just so strong. Like yeah. he is built for that part uh-huh. too the way he has that power to the opposite field for oh sure. my gosh man i feel like g is too once he settles in yeah he's got that i mean he hits that ball to right center uh-huh. i mean he hit that ball the other day i mean that was a bomb 410 to the yeah, opposite to field. Right yeah. field to right center would you rather hit or have somebody hit for you i'd rather hit yeah i, I know you would yeah. i knew you're gonna answer that oh, way yeah. because you can hit yeah, but there's a lot of pitchers who can't. I know, know, but if we if we all hit from the time that we were supposed to in the minor leagues and stuff, guys uh, would be able to hold their own. I yeah. feel like you know, you're right. They just they stop us hitting. I mean, I went from high school hitting and then I didn't hit again until I was 23 years old. You know what I mean? You got five years where you don't hit, but if we hit in that time, yeah. I feel like guys could keep their swing up. I can imagine if I didn't pick up a golf club for five years how I would play. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, it's true. Is that right? See, well, I don't know if Ken's ever heard your idea for if if you guys are going to do interleague with pitchers batting. Oh, you would I, I would it. rather do it where we hit at home. Just like switch the pitchers it hit at home. So in the American League, then we, we play National League rules. So we get to hit in front of our fans. We never get a chance to hit in Yankee Stadium and yeah. had a music plan for us and all that stuff. It's always on no, the road. Words, reverse the rules. Reverse the rules. So we play. We play. So if we're playing interleague and or Blue Jays playing interleague against the Mets and they hit the the pitchers hit at home. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I I've kind of that gives the fans in the other stadium a chance to see baseball played the other way too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I. That that might be interesting. Maybe you should write a letter to Rob Manfred. <laughs> <laughs> or shoot him a text yeah. or something like that. You got the commission on text? Man, I wish. A-Rod yeah. do, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know he does. Yeah, I think CeCe really just wants a walk-up song. Like that's I, really... I, I, I just want to get a chance to hit in Yankee Stadium with that short porch one time. Yeah, walk-up songs. <laughs> Did you have one in mind? I got a couple walk-up yeah, songs. I, I had, yeah. I had, they didn't have walk-up songs when I was. They, didn't. they didn't the, the only walk The only walk-up song for everybody was the anthem. You know, <laughs> that, that was the only song that was played. 
But uh, there was there was I can't remember who does it, but hard hitting. Uh, nah, that, it's 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 a good it's an older song. Yeah, that just, would have been your one oh, to that go was up mine. to. I yeah, wonder that, when did they who started that and when that started. That's then. a if great you, if they question. They didn't do it when you when you guys played. No, no. Yeah, when did they? There's this a is lot something of for us to research. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like when did the walk up song start? That's a good question. Yeah, well. Yeah, I'm sure if we uh, you got Google, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I am going to Google that and see if there if there's any answer to it. Because I feel like in the '70s, it. guys should have been like having walk up songs. Oh, and stuff. Yeah, that would have been a great time. It, to, I feel like that's that that's my era to play in anyway. I feel like I should have played in the '70s. Yeah, but the games are you know the games are over at two and a half hours. <laughs> you know, with a walk up song that makes a you know three hour game. That's true. That's all the added time right there. That's true. I, I am going to Google this now. Like, when did walk up songs? Ken, how about like when you would hit. Because mm-hmm. I know I love hearing I, I love hearing Ken's stories and just uh, for some background. So I started at yes as an intern at nineteen doing stats in the booth uh, when I was twenty and and Ken and I hit it off immediately. And now obviously we get to work <laughs> together doing games, which is amazing. And through these eleven years, I have always loved getting to hear Ken's stories. And one thing that I always find interesting is Ken is maybe the nicest human being I've ever met, mm-hmm. but. I also know he has this ridiculously competitive streak in him, and I love hearing the stories about when he was on the field. And I know that, much like you were telling the story of, like, Eddie got knocked down, I know there were times where you took someone yard after they did something to you, and you had no problem letting them know about it a little Mm, bit, right? No, Like, give them a little look, a little smile, a little little glare, something like that. Well, it wasn't – you'd say things. (laughs) Uh, I remember being thrown at and getting hit, going down to first base and – just yelling from first base over the pitcher. I'm going to get you. I'm going to tack an L on you one day. You know, it's, it's going to come back. And, you know, they wouldn't They wouldn't look over. They wouldn't throw over. They wouldn't do anything because they knew I meant business. And yeah, that's this, the guy that did it on purpose, did Yeah, he tried when to they hit don't me. throw over and they won't look at you, yeah. oh, did it on purpose. Then you know. Then you sure. know. It's the, sure. I'm going to tack an L on you one day. Yeah, so. And did you? Yeah, maybe. You, know, <laughs> you, get, you get the opportunity. You're going to give it your best shot. You know, maybe within that at bat. You know, they just miss you. Yeah. Um, and then, then you try to do something. And just, I've seen some good comebacks by hitters. Do you see uh, like it's less guys throwing inside uh, now yeah, too? I think that's. Definitely. I think that's why reason why the homers are up too. You mm-hmm. know, uh, you think that guys need to throw in, in more. You know, a lot more. I think there have to be more purpose pitches than because uh, you. <laughs> When it got to be 0-2, you expected a pitch to move you off the plate. It was almost expected that the next pitch, you know, just. And I, I remember pulling a ball foul in Chicago at Wrigley Field. Across, went across the street, just missed a home run. And the next pitch was up and in. Next one was up and in. And next one was low one in. I walked. So I get down to first base. And uh, the first baseman was uh, Jim Hickman. He used to play for the Mets, but he was playing for the Cubs. And he said, you should. I was a young guy. He said, you should take that as a sign of respect because he was afraid of you. He, mm. After you hit that ball across the street, he didn't want anything to do with you. So he came up and in twice just to make his statement, then two pitches away, and you walked. He didn't want anything to do with you. So take that as a you know, sign of respect, even though you're a young guy, that uh, he just – you hit that ball 450 feet across the screen. <laughs> he, he said, he I, do I don't have enough for this guy. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Kent, you, you have said uh, that this will be your last year yeah. at Yes, but uh-huh. there has been a – there's been a, a, a swell of, uh, of, of momentum from people saying, don't go, don't go, yeah. don't go, including, yeah. hey, even our boss, John Filippelli, has been quoted in an article saying, I'm trying to convince him to stay. Uh-huh. <laughs> is, is there any chance now? Have you thought about, rethought about it at all? Uh, Give uh, us some news on R2C2, uh, Ken. Uh, well, he, he's, he's made it very difficult for me uh, not to come back. So, um, 
Ooh. Uh, that he's he's trying to convince me. You know, I've talked it over with my wife. Yeah. And uh, she said, basically, it got down to the point, it's up to you. Okay. Uh, they so, always do that. Right? Yeah. I'm looking for you to give me that. Yeah. See, see, how long have you been married, Steve? 15 yeah, years. Yeah, well, I've been married longer than that. So, so, but we both, we're in the same boat. Yeah. It, it's up to you. So I hate that. Uh, <laughs> you want the answer. Give me the yeah, answer. Yeah. Yeah. So Flip can be a very convincing guy. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of in the talking stages. I, I'm not going to say uh, definitely. Yeah. But it's I'm, I'm kind of leaning – Either way, it's kind of 50 50. He sounds like right? me. Yeah. Well, he sounds like me playing yeah, this year. Right? Right, exactly, right? So, um, uh, you know, I love my job. You know that. Yep. I love all the people I work with at Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's just certain things that have gotten to the point now. My, my grandson's playing ball. I, yeah. I don't like to miss him, you know, playing a game. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'd, I missed his first home run this year. I didn't, I didn't see it. Uh, so could you do maybe a little smaller slate or something yeah, that, like that? that? That's kind of what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, you're giving us some news. This yeah, is going to get some it, headlines. It, it, so it, it could happen. You're that coming way. back. Uh, I can see it. In, I, I can see I, it. In you know, I, the reason is because I love my job and I like the people I work with. Yeah, that that'd be the main reason why I would come back. Uh, if we could figure this out, where I would work and when I would work. Uh, and how many, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I would, you yeah. know, I, I still love the job and, you know, hanging around with guys like CC and yeah. the players, it, it keeps me young. It keeps me feeling that way. At least it's uh, fun one, for us to have you around too. I mean, just yeah. with the stories and like, you know, uh-huh. passing down the knowledge and everything else It's it's, it's great to have you around. It's Thank great you. to have Reggie around. It's great to have Gidji yeah. around. It's like, we like that. We yeah, love yeah. that brotherhood. You know what I mean? Thank that's it's part of it for us. Uh, I, I do feel, and it's no slight on the players today. But I do feel that uh, you talk about Reggie and Gidry and all those guys. Uh, I do feel I played in the best generation of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were the days when uh, players were just starting to make inroads into, uh, you know, free agency, uh, arbitration, uh, willing to fight for the rights and say we aren't we aren't playing. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's it. And uh, I remember 1981, 56 days I was home during the summer and uh, just sitting there reading to my boys every night before they went to bed. And I'm thinking, man, are we ever going to play again? You know, just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm losing money here. You know, I got this mortgage to pay and all that sort of thing. And, um, you know, now all those things are gone. The boys are all growing up. <laughs> There's no more mortgages, you know, no, all, all that sort of thing. So, uh, uh, you, you know, I, I feel that we have a kinship with the players of, like Reggie. You know, every time I see I played with Reggie for one year. Uh, he was with us in Baltimore for one year. But uh, that, that that was a special time. It was a very contentious time between the owners and the players. Uh, the, there weren't the revenues that there are now in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, baseball is a $9 billion a year industry now. Mm. It was nowhere near that. Well, that's day. because yeah. of you guys. Yeah, well, we, we sat and – well, basically it's because of, because of yes and the, the, all these local networks. And, <laughs> no, but, you know, but you guys networks. being w- willing not to play yeah. and standing up for the right things yeah. is Yeah, well, Marvin Miller was we, around there. Yeah, and that's yeah. something that we all, you know – Appreciate and recognize, and, yeah, and uh, I mean, it's something that had to be done, and it's the reason why our game is in such a good place, and the, and our, and the players are in, in taken care of really well is because of you guys. Well, the owners used to say that free agency was going to kill baseball. I think free agency made baseball even better. Yeah. I mean, it became more of a year-round thing where fans are now w- willing to, you know, read the where, – where's he going? Where's this guy going to go? Where's he going? Who's he going to sign with? And that keeps baseball in the news all year. I, I think also it helps ticket sales for teams that sign these players. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you came to the Yankees, you and uh, Tex and AJ, 
what happened the first year. Yankees yeah. won the World Series. Yeah. I mean, that was a big boost. So that, I, I just think that in those days, they didn't have that sort of thing. And uh, the, when it first came around, nobody really knew what was going to happen. The owners were saying it was going to ruin baseball. I knew that the, my salary went up two and a half times <laughs> over what it had been uh, previous to free agency when the Orioles decided to give me a five-year deal, which nobody in their history had ever gotten. Mm-hmm. So uh, that – to me, I said, this free agency thing must be a good thing. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I'm not even going to be a free agent. I'm benefiting because yeah. I resigned. So uh, it's it's just one of those things. It's gone from there. And you see, I don't mind. Players could make a billion dollars a year. I wouldn't mind. There's some fans that get upset how much money the players make. The owners make a lot of money, too. Yeah. You know, you, Nobody knows what they make. So. Um, I, I just think they wouldn't give the money out unless they had it. Right. So it's I, all relative to it, it, exactly. what your entertainment is creating. It's just and how the game has grown yeah. over the years. It's more of a worldwide game now. You have players from all over the world, which I think is a great thing. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, we've we made those trips to Japan for a reason to try and get people over there interested, and now we've got great Japanese players coming over here, like Ichiro and Matsui, and just. Uh, you get Tanaka here. I mean, Otani. So all their best Otani. players want to come yeah. here. Otani's a, a phenomenon. You know, I, I heard he's getting healthy enough to hit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. I want to see that. But not against us. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> I, we're done for the angel, with the Angels for now. Yeah, we so. are. And I wanted to see him. I wanted to see him pitch. And he hit that first game and against Seve. He took that ball. Inside 97, I was like, all right, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> he's the real deal. I'm cool. I mean, I watch it on TV run, now. Man. He's fast. Yeah, he man. is fast. He's, he's, so, he's such a great athlete. Yeah. It's, it's insane. He's like, huge. I've, I've seen enough of this. So, Kenny, this has been amazing. Before we let you go, I, I, I'm like, we're see, stopping. Well, I know we, you can see this is. A, wait, this is the reaction we love. I told you, Kenny, our R two C two guests, they have a great time. They want to stay and hang. Oh man, we uh, didn't talk music or anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, let's go there next uh, time. I, I, I'm, CC knows I'm like slowly trying to like work on him, like coming to the booth someday and doing some games, and and that you're someone who's made the transition, so you you could sell it to see. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you how I really got into it. It was towards the end of my career. I knew I was going to have to do something else. And um, uh, my agent, Ron Shapiro, who's still my agent, who is the uh, father of Mark Shapiro, who's who is, the president of the Toronto Blue Jays. So, one of uh, my great mentors. Yeah. See, you Mark guys Shapiro. really have a lot of ties. We have a lot, we have a lot in <laughs> yeah. common. Yeah, a lot of ties. So uh, in Baltimore, you know, the years that we didn't make the playoffs, they would have me on TV on the local news and local sports. You know, saying what who I think was going to win win the playoff. <laughs> you, know, you know, I was just saying basically, I I kind of to hedge my bets. I wouldn't really say who's going to win. I just said this guy's good, this guy's good. You know, this, <laughs> this is why they're there. And you can pick on your own. I didn't want anybody losing the house because I said that some team's going to win the World Series. But that's how I sort of got into it and got used to being around the studio and how people talked. Uh, then we had a strike in '81, and that same station gave me a job. They said, "Well, we need some." some uh, footage for our local sports go out and cover little league softball leagues all this well i really didn't know what i was doing but i had a good producer which really helps as you know ryan yeah so um i went out and you know brought back some footage every day a minute or two of some action from a local little league and i kind of got into it from there and then uh, after i retired i came right up to toronto and they interviewed me for tsn and I started doing Blue Jays and Expos games the very next year, and wow. I've been, been up in the booth ever since. So Wow. Yeah, so I, I kind of got right into it. Right after I was through playing, the next year I was upstairs doing the games. And uh, Tony Kubek was the one who kind of taught me in spring training uh, how to, the, the ropes. And, uh, you know, just to get used to being on camera and all that sort of thing. 
and uh, what to do, where to look, and just you know, just be natural. It's just and one thing he told me: when you're on camera, just make believe you're talking to your best friend. You know, there's actually there's millions of people behind that camera, <laughs> but make believe you're talking. It's more conversational. That, that that's what it is. And if you look more relaxed, they're going to be more relaxed. So that's that's how I got into it. And it's working out for you, and now we yeah. have some, some news that maybe it'll continue <laughs> for you. That's right. Yeah. Kenny, thank you so much uh, for doing thank this, Thank you man. guys for inviting me. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Some terrific stories there with Ken, man. Right, every time. And we got some news there. You, you, well, I, you, you were trying to push for news, yeah, man. He was. wasn't ready to tell he, you the news. Like, no, but who, you he, know what I'm saying? He, like, he could give it to me, or, or it's going to be the Daily News or the Post <laughs> or something like that. You know, better off here on R2C2. That's right. We all love working with Ken, so We'll take him for as many years as we can get him. And, you know, we'll take you as listeners for as long as we can get you. So make sure sure you you rate, you subscribe, you review. I feel like we maybe should do a giveaway for people who write reviews at some point soon. Yeah. Right? Do we have mugs again? Where the mugs? No, I I still got mugs in my apartment. This guy's over here hoarding the mugs, man. (laughs) Like, we can give away mugs for people that do a good review. Uh, It doesn't have to be a good review. You just do a review. If you do a good review, Ryan, Ryan's going to read it on the air. And so. I'm not sending you a mug if it's a bad <laughs> review. It's still got to be a positive review. But that's right. All right. So that's what we'll, do. we'll give away some mugs. And then how about maybe we'll do a special, like, maybe you autograph something. For yeah, someone. for sure. Like That'd a, be dope. Like a jersey or cleats or something yeah. like that. All right. So we'll do that. Maybe we'll set that up for next episode before the All-Star break. But uh, make sure you review, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff uh, as we continue. We're going weekly here on R2C2. We are. We've been, doing, we've been knocking them out, man. Yep. We're going to continue to. So keep listening.